without telling me. And you're right, because I think I finally got it started. <laughs> there yep. we go. I really hope we got that. I'm going to pause it for just a second to do a sound check. And we're back. Welcome, you make it sound so official. Like, comment, and subscribe if you want to support our Patreon. So for our fellow listeners, all five of you... We, we do not have Patreon. We don't have Patreon. But you might have heard in the background once or twice uh, my roommate, Trent. Who Hello. We said we'd have on, and we're finally sticking to that promise. The illustrious Trinathan Carruth. Yes, that's my full legal <laughs> Christian name. No, I usually ask people a random question just to get to know people, and I'm busy cutting stuff of which we'll talk about in a minute, so you come up with a question. Hmm, okay, well, I'm coming up with this right now. Usually on the, do. On the fly. Okay. Um, Trent. Yes. If you could have any kind of animal as a parent, what as would a, it be? As a parent? Yes. <laughs> an adopted parent. You'd still be human. An adopt an adoptive parent or an adoptive parent? Follow an adoptive, up, parent. adoptive. I want a follow-up question for you. Is this situation like he's a pet or he's like a child? Like a child. Like Mowgli or okay. um, Tarzan or something. Ooh. I mean I'd hate to rip off Tarzan, but like just having a chimp family. Yeah. That just sounds like It'd be pretty dope. It just sounds pretty dope. <laughs> well, it's not a complete ripoff because Tarzan was gorillas. That's so. true. I'll give it to you. Or, you, maybe, you, a, or you, maybe a lion. You found a legal loophole. Just a big, majestic yeah. group of lions. What's the think, name? I forgot the name of the group of lions. Pride. Pride, yeah. you got to take pride in your pride. you got to be a <laughs> member of the pride. Do you think you would adopt the lion's behaviors, such as running on all fours and attacking with your mouth first? That sounds like fun. So, yeah. Um, I could see it. Yeah. I, oh. I, I'm sorry. Huh, stalking my prey in Savannah. Oh, yeah. I think I would really enjoy that. Oh, yeah. Follow-up question to the whole eating thing. I've been asking people this, and it usually gets a kick out of people. And I also like to hear people answer, all right, uh, if you're a bear, what's your, like, go-to method for eating a PB&J? Like, a completed sandwich, or, like, am I putting together the sandwich? You got some P the- over here, you got some B over there, and a little bit of J. Nice. Uh... The peanut and the butter has been separated in that situation. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's a. Uh, so you're like, you're a cartoon bear, let's say, just to make it more entertaining. And it's like, it's a fully completed cartoon sandwich that some family has left on a picnic table. Yeah. Like, what's your what's your go to method of eating said sandwich? Um, to give uh, just some inspiration, my go to answer is I would stick it on my bare finger, spin it, and then, like, kind of nibble on it as if it's, you know, like, Getting oh, wow. sanded down. So that's how I, as a bear, would eat a sandwich. And then I'd maul the family. Yeah. But how would you? So what I would do is, because I, I'm assuming we're in like a public park or like a national park somewhere. Something like that. So I believe uh, when it comes to wild animals, uh, park rangers encourage uh, civilians to stay wary of wild animals because, you know, bears can be dangerous. They can kill people. Yeah. So... I, as a bear, as a cartoon bear with a higher height of knowledge than the average bear, uh, would be aware that humans would be on the lookout for me. So I can't just waltz out into the open and stroll right up to the picnic table with my bearish gait and uh, just 
grab that sandwich and uh, have a good time with it. Grab that sandy. So what I believe would be the appropriate uh, course of action would be to uh, maybe get like a rock, sneak up behind a park ranger, uh, hit him in the head, knock him out. Okay. Well, not, not kill him. I'm not, I'm not a savage. It's not a fatal hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I kind of just drag him into the bushes and I take off his uniform and disguise myself as a park oh. ranger. And then I step out into the open. No one notices a thing. This is cartoon logic here. Mm-hmm. It was a hairy ranger. Yeah, I'm a very hairy ranger. Uh, and I manage to uh, find my way to the picnic table, and I get a hold of the PB&J. Okay. And uh, I'm celebrating. Okay. I'm having a good time. And then suddenly, a group of civilians run up to me and say, Ranger, Ranger, there's, there's, a, there's a forest fire. we got to do something. we got to get people out of here. And I'm like... You know, like, because bears can't talk. And then I, but, like, I'm suddenly found, found in this, you know, sticky situation where, like, I can't just say I'm not a park ranger. I can't terrify these poor people. It's quite a pickle. So I got to, I got to find a way out of this situation where I both solve the, uh, the problem at hand, you know, save a few mm-hmm. people, but... At the same time, I gotta keep my true identity a secret. And you gotta eat that PB and J. I gotta eat that PB and J. That's the main before, reason. Before I get a chance to bite into it, that's when like the people come oh, up to no. me. And so like my whole my whole primary motivation for uh, saving these people from this forest fire is so they'll stop bothering me and I can finally enjoy my PB&J mm-hmm. piece. It might be nicely toasted by the end of this adventure. Probably. I want to also thank you for taking this problem and then making another problem within it. <laughs> I appreciate that. It adds to the content and the quality of said podcast. Conflict makes uh, it makes things interesting. I also was losing it because, again, we're roommates, if you didn't catch that on the podcast. And we, for a while this past year, we got like into a big phase. We just played Hitman nonstop. Which is, you know, a game where you're kind of your whole goal is to like take out one target, and there's a lot of like knocking out people, dragging them into bushes, and taking their clothes. And so I was like getting like that was your take is like you're eating the sandwich as if it's a hitman level. You got some hit bear vibes. Hit bear vibes. Noah, I'm still busy with this, and I want to know how you would eat a sandwich. Um. Well, as a bear. I'm assuming I retain my allergy to peanuts. Oh. So, mm. first of all... I want to hear this situation, and then I want to hear if you weren't allergic to peanuts. Oh, well, I, this situation just adds one step of, you know, using my big claws to sort of claw it on the top and the bottom and then separate them and then kind of rub the peanut side on the ground. Actually, I'd probably just throw that piece of bread away and then fold over the J side. Okay. And then it would just be like bread, jelly, jelly, bread. Um, which is something I actually used to eat. It's kind of sad in hindsight, but <laughs> moving on. Uh, I, I fold it with both of my bare hands because I don't have thumbs. And then I Your say, bare hands. Oh, yeah, see? See what I did there? <laughs> and then, since my hands would already be in position, I'd say a little prayer and thanks for my little J sandwich. <laughs> and then I'd just gobble it. It's not a lot to it, but... I. And, but what if it? What if you weren't allergic to peanuts anymore? If I wasn't allergic to peanuts, and I just found a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, sitting in the woods, all alone, 
nobody to comfort it. I would whisper some encouraging words to the sandwich. I'd stroke it gently and then slide it down the warm gullet of my bare throat. My bare throat. <laughs> to cuddle it in the warm embrace of my stomach. <sighs> I am so glad I got so much more from that dumb question than I was expecting. Thank you guys for completely delivering on this quality content. Eight minutes in to a podcast that is nothing about bears or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And we're still cutting these cards. Oh, I've cut. So I guess I should give context at this point. Uh, a while back, we told Trent, hey, we're going to have you on. And the best scenario we could think of, of someone just talk about, because we talk about this a lot, we t- uh, cause we're a bunch of nerds, oh, yeah. is just uh, ranking the MCU movies. So we all got lunch earlier today and said, hey, let's do this finally. We came home. I writ- wrote all the names in uh, Adobe. It's on. Don't worry. I was, yeah, continue. Okay. <laughs> I would... Uh, I've spent about five or ten minutes writing out all the names in Adobe Illustrator and printing them out. And as I've started recording, I've been cutting them out, and then I did a terrible job because now they're all out of order, which I spent a big time getting them all in order. (laughs) And now I'm just trying to make sure they're all in chronological release because we're going to rank them. And I've also told you guys this. We're going to definitely – this is going to be a two-parter. I also want to take a moment to apologize to any family that I have that feels obligated to listen to these because you're related to me that is going to, like, know nothing about these movies. So, in particular, Uncle Dave, I know you can't stand superhero movies, so sorry I'm a huge disappointment. Let's be clear, you still are obligated to listen to this episode, but... I give, I give him a pass. I know his I know his son, Matthew Stark, whether he listens to this. Yeah. Just have it playing in the background. You, you can do other things. You have a duty to your family to support them in their endeavors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we get enough listens, maybe someday... In this podcast, we make no money for... If we could get sponsored by, say, Marvel or the National Park Service, yeah, we could get so much money. Feige, hit us up. Uh, Please, Feige. Because we need the money. If you want some real market research, find out what the true fans are saying. That's us. We're the true fans. That's right. We're right. the only ones. We are doing real great stalling because I'm almost at the end here. Again, I've put all these names on pieces of paper and I've cut them out. And now I'm meticulously putting them in release order, which, again, just shows what a nerd I am. Okay. I'm on the last few. All right. Black Widow. While you do this, I'm going to... Shang-Chi, Eternals. I'm going to type up a list of um, talking points that I'm predicting that you will touch on in this episode, and I'm just going to see if I can get uh, Kenny Marvel bingo. Are you making it mentally? Because I've finally finished getting these all in order. I'll give you a few minutes while we... Well, that's okay, because I can't find my phone. I'll just think about it. All right. If I do say anything you expect me to say, mm-hmm. please point it out. Okay. I have one thing in mind right now, I can, we'll see what I else. actually really want to pause and have you write this up. Okay. I'll write it up. Hold please on, on. enjoy this uh, intermission while we're probably putting some elevator music or something for five seconds. Oh, yeah. Your call is important to us. Please stay on the line, and we will be back to you right away. Your call is important to us. Please stay on the line and we will be right back right away. Do <laughs> 
This got old. Okay. <laughs> We're just ripping off that uh, that college humor skit at this point. We might be. I'm also hoping this recording because a little audio thing came. The list of audio devices connected to the operating system has been changed. Do you want? Uh-oh. No, I do not. Uh, see, tap, tap, tap. That looks like it did something. So I think it's still tap, on. Tap, 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 and I got a text. No, yes, I did. That's exciting. I will not say what I just got. Put that phone down very forcefully. I did. I wanted it on the audio. I see. You just put yours very gently down. Yeah, because I'm not dramatic. Excuse me. I've been I've been informed in the past. Uh, I, Kenny, I believe you told me this once. I, okay. I made like a random guest appearance on one of your podcasts. And ah. I was like walking through the room just like doing laundry or something. And, uh, you know, I just said some words, said some things. I didn't say I didn't say anything of substance. But I very distinctly remember you saying, uh, yeah, a friend of mine listens to the podcast and uh, they heard you, you know, make your guest appearance and they were like, Kenny, does your roommate hate you? Yes, this was Aaron McKee. I know you're listening to this now. Or maybe you're not because you've already heard we're doing an MCU ranking and think we're nerds. Uh, but yeah, to give full context here, this was me and Noah. I think Josh was there as well. We were doing the second annual Hunger Games, and at one point, you come out because you're doing laundry, and I didn't want to just awkwardly just not say anything to you as you do laundry, then go back to your room. So like, I was like pulling into the conversation, and you were kind of like taken aback and didn't really know what to say, and it sounded like you wanted out of there. <laughs> and so I think a, a second time, you briefly showed up, and I have like made a point of mentioning, like, just so we're all clear, he doesn't hate me. You know, this isn't a hostile living situation. I mean, we got you on the podcast, so I feel like that means we're pretty amicable. Yeah. I I, think I'm sure that that assessment was based on the interaction, which was you saying, we we need to have Trent on to have a list of grievances of me as a roommate. (laughs) And then Trent proceeded to say that he had a lot. And so, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. That'll be the after credits. Episode. That'll be the after credits of this you episode. Don't remember that? <laughs> okay, I can't think of. I was only half joking. How, how many do you have? Um, just five. All right, I look forward to but hearing. I'll, I'll continue writing them down as I think of them. Okay, we're 15 minutes in, and we've yet to talk about a single movie. Mm. This is definitely going to be a two-parter. All right. So the way I've briefly mentioned this to you guys is, I have a list of all the movies in order. We're going to place down the first one, which is obviously Iron Man, talk about it a little bit, and decide, you know, what place it bees and be, it is in. Talking's well hard. Thank you. You can speak English. No. Okay. Ni hao. Um, so, we'll talk about the first one, and then each one that comes in, we'll have one, we'll go around the circle, and each will have a turn to put, like, you know, one movie in that list, and then the rest of us kind of discuss if we think it should be higher or lower. Just kind of talking about it, and this is going to be how we figure out the definitive ranking of where these movies land. So without further ado, you know, again, like I said, 15 minutes into this gosh darn thing, uh, let's talk about the one that started all, Iron Man. I've just dramatically placed down the first paper strip on the table. So let's talk about Iron Man. What are, what are our thoughts? Who is this man of iron? <laughs> See, if you watch the movie, you'd know. I have watched most of the movie, but it's been a long time. Seriously? You don't remember Iron... Like, the plot points of Iron no, Man. No, I, well, I remember that that he makes an enemy in the business, and then that guy builds a bigger Iron Man suit, 
and then he flies up high enough for that suit to freeze, and so it falls. But Iron Man doesn't, because he made an anti-freeze thing. Okay. And I remember that um, we also see Iron Man's origin. I know that's out of order, but we see his origin <laughs> at the beginning. So first he fights another Iron Man guy. <laughs> he does all this heroic stuff. He doesn't freeze. And then we see his origin. But but we do see the Ten Rings planting a seed that will not grow for another... Ten years. I don't know, ten years. Twelve, actually. Yeah, pretty insane. With, with one fake out. Thirteen, Ooh. fourteen. Well, yeah. that was 2008, and we only saw that in the movie 2021. 13. Which one? But Iron Man was... No, that's 13 years. Oh, 13. Well, we don't like to say the number 13 on the podcast. It's it's an unspoken rule. I see. Um, How foolish of me. I'm sorry. It's all right. But I I might apologize. Add that to the list of grievances. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I remember when Iron Man came out being really excited that that somebody was making a movie that was like basically a realistic version of the comics because... And granted, all I knew at the time was just what a suit looked like. Like, I didn't watch the movie for a long time. But um, I had a coloring book of Iron Man and some toys. And I remember thinking that it looked so real. And it was like actual armor with sliding hard pieces instead of that metallic spandex that he has in the comics. That we eventually that get so later cool. in, like, the MCU. Yeah, that's true. Um, but that I feel like early Marvel movies were pushing really hard, probably because comic movies are... A, hard pill to swallow for the mm-hmm. most of the populace and so they were like let's make this as realistic and pseudo scientifically possible as possible so that it was a little bit easier to swallow mm-hmm. I, like. I think that's like again that's probably like you said palatable stuff because yeah. like we have all those kind of grounded ones and then we eventually get to like thor which is like you know a space god or whatever mm-hmm. so it's like kind of easing you in but which even is very thor smart. they i know we'll get to thor later but they've there was an attempt to ground it in reality a little bit by saying, like, what you see as magic is what we see as science. Like, most of it is not... It's implied that most of it is advanced technology. Mm-hmm. Later on, they kind of changed that with some of the stuff, like Loki's side of the family being proficient in actual magic. magic. But some of it magic. seemed like just, like, teleporting and, like, sci-fi type stuff mm-hmm. originally. I think I've told you guys both this, but I've mentioned this. this. Uh, Iron Man was probably the best movie experience I ever had, because at the time, 2008, I my dad was in the Navy, and so we lived like in Guam, and like we had like all this kind of military stuff around us. And one day, I think we actually just were done with a military function. I think someone either retired or was moving off. I forget what it was, but. My dad was like, hey, we're going home because we just rented a movie, which was exciting for us because this was when Netflix was still like in DVD mode. Mm-hmm. And like living in Guam, it would take like a month between returning a movie and getting a movie. <laughs> so it was always a big deal for us. And my dad's like, yeah, I've got this movie. And like, I don't think he even told me it was called Iron Man, but like we're watching it and I'm just like, okay, it's a military movie. There's a guy, he seems to sell weapons. Oh shoot, he's trapped in a cave. This is like a survivor movie, like, you know, just how he deals with all the grief. And then, like, 30 minutes in, he builds this freaking, you know, robotic suit, and he's, like, breaking out. I'm like, like, let's see. I'm thinking I'm around 10 years old at this age. My 10-year-old mind is being blown out of his freaking mind because I'm like, what? He's, he's flying now? He's got flamethrowers? And, like, I remember at least watching it 10 times before we returned it. And just kind of a problem with, like, the movies today is, like, they're so overhyped and, like, overmarketed where mm-hmm. I go into this movie having no idea it's a superhero movie. 
and I leave having watched, at the time, the best movie I'd ever seen. Can I bring up something that's very tangentially connected, but you just reminded me of it? Speaking of marketing and stuff, um, I think when Iron Man, oh, maybe it was Iron Man 2, one of the Iron Mans had just come out, and I also saw a bunch of commercials for um, Anchorman, and for a long time, I, as a young kid, I thought that they were somehow connected, or that Anchorman was a parody of Iron Man. Hmm. And I can't. I think it was just like the styling of the commercial was very mm-hmm. similar. It was like I vaguely remember that as well because I think like yeah. the lettering felt like yeah, it, it had really the same similar. kind of font and <laughs> yeah. But I I didn't think they were connected, but I, I can see that connection. It was a parody, but it wasn't. Trent, what are your thoughts on the film Iron Man? Um, so here's the thing: you actually hate it? No, 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 no. no, no. I think it's amazing. My first introduction to the Marvel movies was not Iron Man, but it was Iron Man 2, <laughs> which oh. we will get to in a second. That was the first Marvel movie I ever saw was Iron Man 2. Okay. And uh, Seems like you have some opinions. Well, it was – I feel like – I don't know. I, I, I don't know if tainted is the wrong word, hmm. but I feel like my opinion of Iron Man is like, I don't know, somewhat unreliable because when I saw Iron Man 2 – I absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was awesome. I see it now and I'm like, yeah, it's all right. But you gave us Rhodey. Yes, the it, real did give, Rhodey. it gave us it gave us the not Terrence Howard the the new edition Rhodey and but, retcon young Spider Man. But continue. Yes, we're but two we're twenty was, minutes in. We're still in the first movie. <laughs> but when I so when I saw the first Iron Man movie, like I didn't have any. There were no surprises. There were no uh, like. Oh, I yeah, knew what yeah. was going to happen. But when I did finally watch it, like, w- one of the most memorable scenes I ever saw in a movie was when he was breaking out of, like, the terrorist camp. Mm-hmm. And he just goes, my turn. And <laughs> just starts flaming these guys. <laughs> and that was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in a movie. It, was, it got me so pumped up. Mm-hmm. And that just, like, it was just that for the rest of the movie. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, Another memory, I'm sorry, we do need to move on to the next movie soon, but um, this goes for a lot of the early Marvel movies. I didn't see them in theaters, and it's because, as somebody with four brothers, we would basically only ever be allowed to watch whatever the youngest brothers were allowed to watch. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the movies were, it was just not worth trying to find the parts to skip so that they could watch it. And so for... A good period of time there, my dad would go see these movies, and then he would come back and tell us the whole story. <laughs> and I just have great memories of like story time with dad, basically. Where, and <laughs> thinking back, I don't know if all of these were like because he wanted to tell us. It was more like we would ask a question, and then he would answer, it, and then we would be like, "And what happened next?" And then he would answer, it, and then we'd be like, "But then what happened?" But like, I got a very detailed gist of the story just from those stories. I love how you've watched these movies as if you're like a little pioneer kid. Yeah. What then, Papa? Well, son, let me tell you. He then said, my turn. Continue to decimate, words hard, decimate the entire terrorist camp. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, that's Iron Man. We, We should probably have prefaced this whole podcast with this. But full spoilers for all the Marvel movies that we are about to talk about. If you haven't so. seen Iron Man, at least, or really the first half, like that's on you. You're never going to watch yeah. it at this point. But once we get, to but the yeah, more spoilers. Ones, good. 
Good call. Yeah. I will say, I know multiple people who like would like to watch the movies, but just haven't gone back and watched them all yet. So, or this is, this is, they could be the Noah Stalkup experience where mm. we just tell them about it. Oh yeah. Okay. 24 minutes in, let's get to the incredible Hulk. Okay. Like I said, we're going to go around and place them in order. I'm going to give this one to Noah. Cause I finally enough know you've never seen this one. The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, so The Incredible Hulk, the second movie in the MCU. No, uh, let's is, do it this way. Oh, okay. So we're all, there we go. we're trying to figure out how to orient well, these pieces of paper. This is the black sheep of the family, because not only was Hulk played by a different actor, but it's widely considered a terrible movie that is well worth skipping, which is why I've never gone back to find it. Here's the thing, watch it. it's all right. I think, I recently watched it a year ago, and I found like, it just plays out like a weird dream. Like just some uh -huh. of the music makes it feel very floaty and like it's kind of like it starts out in South America and he slowly makes his way back to like North America and they fight in I think some university in Chicago then they go to New York and it's like it's oh, okay. all over the place. Uh -huh. Or maybe it's upstate New York then like Harlem. Long story short, it's just and also there's a lot of like differing opinions of how they want to take the movie. Edward Norton wanted to make something more slow and character-driven. Marvel wanted something more action-driven. And so it just it, it just was a mess. But it's it's watchable. Mm -hmm. It's not... Okay. You'll get um, something out of it. Well, I, we have Iron Man sitting here, and then I have to place this Incredible Hulk somewhere in the rankings. And I, I think nobody's going to argue if I put Incredible Hulk as number two so far. I don't think that's an argument. I do not have an argument. Incredible Hulk is definitely not as good as Iron Man. I went through a phase when I was like a teenager when like anything action was just like top tier filmmaking for me. Mm -hmm. Like there was a time where I like repeatedly watched The Incredible Hulk because I just thought it was oh, so really? amazing. Oh. And it's also just the last 30 minutes too, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, I really enjoyed it when I was younger. But uh -huh. looking back, like I watched it Last time I watched it was like freshman year of college. It's a very mediocre movie. Yeah. But there's something to be said for the the mind of a viewer who's just like, I'm just here to have a good time and I don't really care if it's a well-told story. Like, just show me some action. <laughs> that's, like, that's, I can enjoy a good action movie. That's, that's how, not a good action movie. <laughs> that's how I remember my brother talking about it. Mm -hmm. My older brother went to see it. And I remember he was just like going off about how good of a time he had ah, yeah and like just i remember him describing scenes to me and then i watched the movie and like i remember when he told me about that scene how did and, it uh, how did it match up to like your imagination because they're they're definitely i remember imagining a scene and then seeing it in real life and being like oh that's different but i get how they describe that it was honestly i think i just remember it being exactly how i was oh, nice like it was a good storyteller yeah uh he is um but yeah, that was Incredible Hulk was definitely one of the more like if you want to just turn off your brain and watch some mm -hmm. rage monster just destroy property. Hmm. Uh, nice. Watch the Incredible Hulk, but like it's definitely not one of the, it's definitely one of the lower tier movies. Mm -hmm. All right, I think we definitely need to move on. Iron Man two, Trent, where do you place that in this very short list? Iron Man two. Well, again, as I've said earlier, I'm a little biased because Iron Man 2 was the first Marvel movie I saw in theaters where I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a fun movie, and I really loved the Iron Man character. Like, 
the Iron Man character, Tony Stark, is just pretty great throughout his whole time in the Marvel movies. So well cast. Very well, perfect casting. Like, the best casting ever. Um, looking back, it's definitely not as good as Iron Man. Well, hold up. Ever, have you seen Jared Leto's performance as Morbius? You know, now that you've mentioned that, I just got it. <laughs> I'm just going to take a risk. <laughs> I'm going to risk backlash from the extensive Morbius fan base. Mm-hmm. And uh, just kind of put that on the back burner for now. Do we have the Sony movies on our list? We do not. We have strictly the movies. We were toying around the idea of putting the shows in afterwards, after we've ranked all the movies. Mm -hmm. But for now, it's just the base MCU movies. So none of the old Spider-Man movies that are kind of now canon, which I sound like such a nerd talking about all this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Iron Man 2 between Iron Man and Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Uh, I... I have no quarrels with this. I also have no problem with it. All right. Sounds good. Iron Man 2, fun time. There we go. Yeah. I don't know what else I have to say about it. We I, also It also gave us uh, Sam Rockwell as Sam. Justin Hammer, which is also great casting. He's hilarious in that movie. Yeah. I remember wondering if... if the Hammer group was going to come back because they were... I think allegedly they're coming back for a Disney Plus show, Armor Wars or something. Oh, is that them? That's I not th- Aim? I th- uh, I've just heard rumors I'm that he's coming sure. back. Okay. All right. On to the fourth movie and said... I was going to say trilogy. And said saga of movies, Thor the First Thor, as it's titled in the UK and some parts of Africa. Thor the first Thor. <laughs> Can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah. I am going to say above Iron Man 2 because as a kid I thought this one was pretty boring, but looking back I'm like, okay, I like how it's kind of going a different route where these are more action heavy. This one's more of a story, character driven. You know, it's you know classic tale of arrogant king. I don't know about arrogant king, but just classic mm-hmm. tale of an arrogant. arrogant person, you know, being knocked down a peg and learning humility and kind of coming together to save a town. And I like just kind of the Shakespearean aspects of it. I think it's got some, you know, the few action that's in it is good. Him, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston kill it. Uh, I think altogether a solid movie that a lot of people overlook. So I'm going to say below Iron Man, because, you know, it's got to be quite a film to top that one. And above Iron Man too. so we're going to put that second place for the moment. Yeah. I am little mixed on that. Go on. I, uh, Do you think it's better than Iron Man? No, no. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm against, or I have mixed feelings about putting it above Iron Man 2. Because, like you said earlier, like Thor, a little boring. Like, not much. We don't get a lot of Thor action. Well, we don't get a lot of action. We get a lot of more character-driven stuff, which is what so. I'm going at. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's just the idea. Maybe this, it's just the idea that, like... This is a democracy. A, when you go into a Marvel movie, you have, like, this preconceived notion that you're going to get a lot of action. And... So do you feel Thor like it... kind of does not deliver in that aspect. Do you feel like it only under-delivers because it's not what you expect? Do you, maybe. Are you saying you're closed-minded? I'm kidding. Uh, but, Noah, yes. you're the third person here. List We're, of the tiebreaker. <laughs> Write it down. Do you want to keep okay. it, or do you want to move it down? So, so I enjoyed Thor as a movie, but 
there's one line in this movie that is delivered so poorly and hmm. written so poorly. I think I know what it is. It's just the worst. I am very curious because I'm not thinking any overtly terrible line in that movie. Yeah. But I, lo- I mean, I love Hawkeye in this movie. I, I actually like. You mean the one the scene he's in that was shoehorned in? Yeah, but um, but I I like most of the movie. But at oh, I'm sorry, my phone should be on silent. Do not. But at your phone. like the climax of the movie, can he just check his phone? It's, to, it's silenced. To make sure it was silenced. Just keep that on the record. And I, it was. I don't need to because I know it's silence. I'm a good guest. Ooh. Keep that, keep that, that confidence. in mind. Guest, you live here. Um, okay, so at the climax of the movie, Thor has, has just basically come back to life. And this a big moment for him, turning point for the character. And at which point, the writers decide this would be a great time to insert a pun. <laughs> and Natalie Portman... And the least convincing delivery that I've seen from her just says, oh, my God. And it's just takes me right out of it. I hate it so much. I enjoy, you see, I kind of actually enjoy that bit because, like, you know, it's like it's, you know, it's for Thor's journey in the movie coming full force where he's, you know, learned humility. He sacrificed himself know, for these like, people. And, like, you know, this orchestral music's going on. He's made this great triumph as he's come back to life. And I don't know, I feel like that's a little cherry on top I'm of it. But it's a pun. I'm on don't no- put a pun there. I'm on Noah's side because, like, the delivery is just so awkward and it's just really, yeah. cr- it's a really cringy And you already line. know what she's going to say after the first word, so you don't, <laughs> have to, you don't have to drag it out. And I don't know. I'm not. You guys and I'll, I'll say I'm not, like, an uh, expert on, a like, classic moment from delivery, but. director Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. Oscar winner. It was. It's just a little cringy. So, so is that below Iron Man two or? I think so. Iron Man right. two has a lot of good stuff going. For you it, guys so. say so. I'm sorry, Kenny. No, it's it's all I right. I still enjoy Thor, but I had to come up with a reason. To we should also down. we should also say that these reflect our personal opinions. They do not have to be some official documentation of how good these movies are. Mm-hmm. Our opinions are subjective. Please don't send us death threats. I'm they gonna do not necessarily reflect the opinions of. Our studio. I'm gonna counter that and say this is the official ranking. If you differ in opinion, you are definitively wrong, and you should reassess some things in your life. I'm just imagining mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. just going on an interview and be like, "Yeah, I heard this uh, this podcast uh, on the fly, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I think it's pretty solid." Mm-hmm. If Robert Downey Jr. ever hears this, there's something wrong with the world. Uh, Noah, we're 34 minutes in. Let's talk about Captain America. All right. Captain America. I'm going to try to go a little quicker so that because we have a lot of movies to go through. Again, we'll make this a two-parter. That's true. Captain America is a great movie. Some of that might be helped by the fact that I was told it was a terrible movie. Then I watched it, and I was like, that was not terrible at all. So this was your papa's telling of uh, um, the movie that just was... Yeah, he just said it was really boring. Um, hmm. But I thought it was awesome. Captain America in like in like a war context is really cool i think and the way that they adapted his um his outfit to having those like tactical sort of straps and all this stuff and the way they explain everything is really cool plus chris evans as captain america is amazing and this is the first time we saw him um so i really enjoyed this movie i'm looking at the little list here i would definitely put it above incredible hulk i think above thor i like captain america as a character more than thor probably uh, possibly above Iron Man 2, not above Iron Man 1, though. I am in the same boat. 
I think, apart from Iron Man, Captain America has, like, the best Phase 1 origin movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's like, got, like, that old-timey charm to it. Yeah. And, like, the casting is perfect. You know, we got Chris Evans, we got Haley Atwell, uh, Sebastian Stan is Bucky Barnes, who tragically dies in the movie and never appears We've again. never seen him since. We've never mm-hmm. seen him since. Never seen him since. But well, he's a great character. Yeah, I know. And this, does this bring us right up to the Avengers? It does. I just want, I want to give my take on oh, Captain no, no, no. America. Let just, me speak. I was surprised Captain America came this late in the um, release schedule. I had watched. I thought he was one of the first. I had watched something recently about like Avenger. how it was like oh. just a whole smorgasbord of like stuff to get these movies together. Mm-hmm. Like to, before, you know, now it's like if Marvel movies come out, it's not going to fail. But like back then, it was right. a huge risk, and I think they talked about it starting with Captain America, but it just was like we don't really want to start on like. I think, A, they wanted to start in a property that had never been adapted, because, like, they had done TV movies of Iron Man. Captain America. I meant to say they had done several TV movies for Captain America. My bad. There had been, like, other interpretations of, like, Incredible Hulk and Thor that were, like, very low budget. So they wanted to start with Iron Man because he was, like, something that had never been done. And also, I think they wanted to start something more modern and then take it back to, like, okay, now we'll go back to, like, a World War II setting. Well, but well my take on the movie, I think, and this is going to sound derogatory, I think it's shallow in the sense of, like, it, there's not a lot of, like, meat or content, but what it is, it's good. It's a fun, you know, war. It's a war movie with superheroes, and it does it a lot of, like, the music's great. It makes you feel the emotions you need. The acting's good. So it's got all the good makings. There's not much there, but what is there is good. So that's my take on Captain America. All right. Are and you content with where it ranks in the... I am content. I do think it's better than Iron Man 2. Again, I think Thor should be above it, but that's... Nice. Again, it's officially... It's now officially no longer. roster, right? Of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Which is what brings us to Trent. Tell us where Avengers goes in this list. I absolutely love the first Avengers movie. I saw it three times in theaters. I thought it was just a heck of a good time. So fun, so great to see all these characters just play off of each other. And part of me hates being the guy who's like, it's really good because everyone loves it and I got to put it at the top of the list. But honestly, I want to put it at the top of the list. I just can't resist. I want to know, do you have any counter-arguments? I got counter-arguments. Oh, interesting. Um, I, I really don't. I think that the, the movies before... Like each of those characters has such a strong personality that seeing them, I think it was really cool how throughout the Avengers movie you got face-offs between a bunch of the Avengers, in a way that obviously eventually they all work together. Continue this. I'm gonna grab some water for myself. Oh, go ahead. He's abandoning us. Yeah, always outraged. Um, but like you see Iron Man versus Thor in one scene, which is really. Just ripped my pants. Um, you see Iron Man versus Thor in one scene, um, and versus Captain America. You see Hulk versus Black Widow, and Thor, and then uh, I'm, there's a lot that goes on in this movie. I and of course, you see Black Widow and Hulk kind of at the beginning, but then you also see him chasing her, kind of. Yeah, and, and of course you have. One of the best Marvel villains ever. Yeah. Loki. Yeah. Who is... Like, there's... 
Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston, he brings like that Shakespearean like madness to it. Right. And he's so fun to watch and he's so villainous and he's obviously just having a blast playing this character. I still can't believe they ever even considered having him play Thor and Chris Hemsworth play Loki. Like that would have never worked. That would not have worked Mm. at all. No. All right, who's ready for counter argument time? All right, ready to defend our beloved Avengers. I'm ready. I had a, I in the same boat. Like I had a blast with watching in theaters. Like I had, again, you've already know how I saw Iron Man one, saw Iron Man two in theaters, and then I saw Captain America with my family as well because my dad had seen it. He's like, hey, we're gonna go watch this movie, and then you see the post credit scene in that movie, which is this trailer, and I'm like, okay, looks like I got homework. I gotta go watch this Thor movie, which. At the time, you know, again, I thought it was boring. And had to do some research to figure out if Incredible Hulk was part of that. Turns out it was, and I watched that. Hmm. And so they're definitely, you know, that's just seeing that movie for the first time is like seeing what this all was. It's like, oh, hmm. this is like a literal ecosystem they're making with movies where characters can pop in and out of stuff. And so, again, watching that the first time, you know, as like a middle school at the time was an amazing experience and just again seeing the proof of concept of these movies but now looking back that's kind of all i see it as it's a proof of concept where i don't know what it is or what joss whedon did but i guess he had worked on movie stuff before but like a lot of the shots and the cinematography it looks like a tv movie and a lot of stuff Hmm. like in there like kind of just in the first half at least once it gets all the action stuff it still kind of has a hint of that, but it's a lot more cinematic then. But like just all the buildup, it like it looks almost low budgety, which it definitely wasn't. And like a lot of the first part of the movie is just it's people in a room just seeing these characters clash, which is cool. But again, later on we see that done so much better in later movies. And the action scene is obviously fantastic at the end. All those emotions of like all these characters we've seen built up through several movies coming together. So I think it does belong near the top, but I just don't think it is the top. There I think I put so it... many good lines that come out of this movie, though. Cla- classic lines. You see yeah. a lot of classic lines, but then again, that's leading that foundation what we have now. Where like now we have all these moments blue that are like kind of serious in movies, mm-hmm. but then they get just they all take it back with like one like awkward quip. I wouldn't which. I wouldn't argue that that's what happens in this movie, though. Like, yeah, but this not is like, like it's setting like when we talk about classic lines, like it's not just like funny lines. There are plenty of funny lines that are hilarious, but there's mm-hmm. so many like great lines of like that show how these characters play off of each other. Like when Captain America is like kind of clashing with Iron Man, he's like, "Big man in a suit of armor, take that off, and what are you?" He's like. Genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. Mm-hmm. Is this isn't this the movie too where he said everything special about Captain America came out of a bottle? That's yeah. the one. And then there's the classic line of uh That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Yeah. And I have an army, we have a Hulk. Oh that's yeah. good. So like uh, I understood that reference. It's fantastic. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I do agree, like this movie kinda sets the tone for, like, the rest of the Marvel movies in terms of, like, there being a lot of humor in them. Because I remember... That's true. When this movie came out, uh, before I saw it, all my friends who had saw it, like, I asked them, like, what do they think about it? And they were like, it was a lot funnier than I expected it to be. Because hmm. mm-hmm. they're, like... Because, you know, probably the, one of my favorite jokes was when, like, Thor is, like... Uh, 
we have to help Loki. He's my brother. And they're like, he killed 80 people in two days. And he goes, he's adopted. <laughs> like, that line's hilarious. Yeah. But I do see where you're coming from, where, like, the standard that Marvel sets with its humor uh, kind of sets the stage for them undercutting dramatic moments with humor. Because mm-hmm. that definitely happens in some later movies. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but just, I mean, do you remember just the high of leaving that movie, though, and just how pumped you were to have seen it? Like, yeah. I, I was excited about this movie for so long, yeah, after seeing it. Watched it so many times. <laughs> yeah, like, one of the most exciting aspect about that movie was, like, that it was actually happening. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really happening. Like, all these characters yeah. are crossing over into this team-up movie, and it's spectacular. I think the closest that we've gotten to that kind of excitement lately was the the third Spider-Man movie. That's fair. But, like, I don't know if they've hit that kind of anticipation for, like... I didn't know this was possible. I think that you're kind of completely feel. forgetting that, you know, the fourth or even the third Avengers movie where it's like what this was setting up itself. I think That's there true. I think there was, was a lot more hype for like Infinity War and Endgame than there was for this cuz people still weren't like as yeah, definitely. it wasn't as in the pop culture as it is in now. That's true. That's true. All right, final set. I'm going to say it's below Iron Man, but if you guys disagree, we'll keep it where it is. Um well, I hate I hate to like team up on you no time, no no it's but in my personal opinion i enjoyed it hey, in the first iron man fair enough i'm in the same boat granted you haven't seen the full iron man that's true <laughs> all right i've seen most here one night we have to watch I iron have, man because i'm influencing noah with my i'm using my power to influence noah what? i don't have that power? no powers you can't <laughs> yes master all right moving on <laughs> yes master <laughs> Iron Man 3. Uh, kind of different than the first mm-hmm. because of the new director. I I know where I want to put it. I, I have two different places. They're very close to each other. I can't decide. Oh, just to catch you all up. Since that's the end of phase one. Uh, the order so far is from best to worst. Actually, go worst to best. Worst to best? All right. Mm-hmm. Worst to best so far. Incredible Hulk. Thor. Iron Man 2, Captain America, the first Avenger, Iron Man, and the Avengers. Yeah. There you go. So that's where we're at right now. All right. Iron Man 3, I'm going to say above Captain America, below Iron Man. I think it got a lot of flack when it came out because everyone, again, was writing that Avengers high. And it was obviously going to be, not a letdown, but like going from having a huge team up to Back to just one character. I think a lot of people were hurt by. Also, I know it did some stuff with a villain, but that people didn't like because they were a big fan of the character, which, you know, bummer for you, I guess. Uh, Altogether, I think it was a fun action movie that did clever stuff with, like, Iron Man having a suit that wasn't fully functioning. Mm -hmm. So showing that, you know, Iron Man was more than just a guy in a suit, but it was the guy himself. You know, kind of taking that line from the Avengers, as you guys were saying, suit of armor, take that off, what are you? And have an actual show like, oh, I can't actually still do a lot of good without the suit. Right. Some fun buddy cop stuff between him and Jarvis and him and that kid. And just, I like Shane Black. I've only seen... Uh, we that watched, Potato Gun Kid? Yeah. yeah. We watched uh, The Other Guys not too long. Was How long ago was that? 
Did we ever watch the other guys? We did. That I was the remember. the Ryan Gosling, Russell Crowe, seven. The nice guys. The ni- what's oh the other guys is another movie. The other guys is a, yeah. We watched the nice like, guys, which is Shane Black as well, and he just he's got a fun direction, and I think that movie's a lot of that. Him just bringing that to that, and I think it's got one of the better end fight scenes. One of the big criticisms people have had is like, oh, end of Marvel fight, uh, have a character and then have the evil version of that character. So you have Iron Man versus different. In like the first one, you have him versus another guy in Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm. Thor, you have an Asgardian versus another Asgardian. Incredible Hulk, you have the Hulk versus basically evil Hulk. And this, I think, is one of the first ones where it's like, okay, it's a guy in a metal suit versus like a guy who breathes fire and stuff That's like that. And like the final fight as well is also like him jumping out of suits and then being really creative with it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I actually think, surprised you like this movie. For some reason, I had in my mind that you were not a fan of Iron Man Three. Was that on your bingo card of things I'd uh, say? No, thankfully. Um, I'm honestly in the same boat with Kenny. I think when I first saw Iron Man Three, like I was not. I'm not like an avid comic reader or anything, so I didn't know anything about the Mandarin. Mm-hmm. But I was like, the trailers kind of set it up to be the Mandarin as like this like really intimidating bad guy, and I was kind of disappointed that. They ended up doing what they did with the Mandarin. But over time, like, I've gotten over it. I think... Like, again, at its core, it's a movie. It's just a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I I think the other... The villain they replace him... Not replace him with, but, like, the actual villain... He's he's good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Um, I think... And plus, like, I watched this movie with someone who, like, knows absolutely nothing about comics. Mm. And... I think it was like my mom or something. And she loves Iron Man. And she had never seen Iron Man 3. And she knew absolutely nothing about like how the Mandarin worked or like the deep comic mm-hmm. lore. But, the deep comic lore. Yeah. But like I remember when like you know the whole reveal scene that the Mandarin is just like some British actor. Yeah. And he's just some like bumbling goofball. <laughs> she was like crying laughing at that. She thought that was absolutely hilarious. Hmm. So like I think that was the reaction that when they were making this movie, that was the reaction they were gunning for. Right. And I can appreciate, like... And they got it out of trans mom. They got it out of my mom. And this was... Uh, I'm trying to think if there's other examples of this. I think this was one of the first movies where you saw that, like, they were going to play it a little bit loose with the with the comic, like, continuity, and not match it exactly. I'm, I mean, there are other ways that they didn't match it exactly, but, like... I was kind of relieved when I found out that reading the comics wouldn't necessarily... Like, that we weren't going to know exactly how every movie is going to go just because the comics have already been made. Because this was a very different Mandarin from the comics. Yeah. I remember really liking this movie a lot. There was this... Did either of y'all get the, um, like, Jarvis app after this came out? No. There was this thing you could... The Jarvis app? Yeah. And it was basically, like, Siri. But there was this thing that you could do with it where you would say, like... Jarvis um, house party protocol and then it would unlock a, a library of all the Iron Man suits and I remember trying to memorize okay Mark 5 is the one from is the one with the red and the silver in hmm. the in the the briefcase. briefcase and then going like going through and I, I don't think I got very far maybe like Mark 20 but hmm. I could like to, I could like imagine each one in my head and remember their differences and I so wanted them to keep adding to that app because it was just all of them lined up and you could see all the suits. It was really cool. Hmm. Yeah, I really like Iron Man. There's one thing that you might be able to help me out with this, Kenny, and 
explain sort of what happened. But after Iron Man, I after Iron Man three, and he's like, I'm these suits are a crutch. They're keeping me from my real life with Pepper. Like I'm gonna get rid of them. I don't need these anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the next movie, and he's like, check out my cool new suit, and continues to do that for every other movie. Like what happened? I think they kind of had mentioned that he like you know had wanted like that was him like being like I'm no longer a full time superhero. Uh huh. And like I think he like he comes back for Avengers: Age of Ultron because it's like oh you know I need to be part of this because mm-hmm. you know we dealt with Loki in the first Avengers movie and I need to come back to finish what I started. And they kind of mentioned that as well in like Civil oh, Man. We sound, I know I keep mentioning we sound like such nerds like. Oh no, this, this is why I'm appealing to your understanding <laughs> of the MCU here. But uh. Uh, you know, we have, like, a scene in Civil War where he, like, sits down and explains to, like, Captain America, like, hey, like, I really, like, the Accords is my way to make up with Pepper because, like, I quit. And then all this, like, then we had to deal with, you know, Loki, not Loki, like, we had to deal with Sokovia, we had to deal with Ultron. And, you know, it's kind of saying, like, this is my way of, like, kind of bringing peace is, like, if I have these Sokovia Accords, it's kind of a way I can finally quit or something like that. So he mentions, okay, like, that nice. Pepper had left because he didn't really stay with his promise. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, I think mm-hmm. it's also just, like, a way of him, like, to end his trilogy of movies. And now he's more just, like, kind of making cameo appearances in the rest of the movies. Okay, that's right. Even though they're much more than that. But, yeah, so anyone disagree with Iron Man 3 being below Iron Man and above Captain America? I have no problems with that. Yeah, I I enjoy it more than what I've seen of the first Iron Man, but since I haven't seen all of it, or at least if I did, it's been a really long time, I am fine with it being below the first Iron Man. All right. There we go. That being said, Trent, let us know where Thor the Dark Thor stands. I'm not he sure. says as he hands it to Noah. Did I say Trent? Hold you up. See. I play as Iron Man 3, so it's Trent's turn. Did I call him Noah? Hold up. I'm still screwing up. <laughs> He's pointing Noah. at me. Noah, get let us know where Thor the Dark Thor oh, stands. Okay. Um, well, I can't put it below Hulk because I've never seen Hulk. I don't know if that's necessarily an argument to be yeah. made. Because I don't... Okay. Well, maybe I'm not... Okay. It's, it's definitely the worst one so far that I've seen. I don't know if it's worse than Hulk. So I'll, I'll, I'll put it... Um, I'll put it above just because it is still the same actor. Before we get too far, I'm going to say that I think that me and Trent stand together in saying, I think Thor the Dark Thor is below Incredible Hulk. Okay, I yes. I say that as well. Let's, let's move it down. That's an easy one. It had some fun back and forth between um, Thor and Loki, and um, it introduced another Infinity Stone, which is important for the series. But other than that, it was just not great. I think, you. yeah, it's... I'm sorry. I should How dare you. Oh, I need this to be. All these unsilenced tech yeah. pieces. What a world we live in. Anywho, uh, Thor the Dark Thor, which is actually Thor the Dark World, but I've just decided to title it Thor the Dark Thor on the piece of paper. <laughs> uh, it's from another podcast, uh, The Weekly Planet. It's like two Australian nerds talking about movies oh, yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's what they call the movie, and I thought that's the funniest thing, and I've <laughs> refuse to call it by its actual name uh so I, again the movie has some fun action bits and like some like inspired like spaceship design and there's some like that's true. when it does action stuff 
it's pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. But like the movie's just such like I find the same camp as Incredible Hulk, which is edited so weird. Like there's you know one of the main characters, Eric Selvig, like it's revealed like he's kind of gone crazy mm-hmm. and he's running around naked in Stonehenge. They never really explain why he went crazy. Basically, it was like the whole deal with like oh from the Avengers, he look oh, he controlled yeah. his mind, so he went nuts. Yeah, I would not have. Yeah, I would not have. I would not have been able to gather that. But there's that, and just like the way like they show it us it three times, like it just weirdly edited as if like. Like, the first time I went, where is he? And they show us that, and then we don't hear from him. Then it's, like, someone else wondering, where is he? And then they finally, like, see it on TV or something. And I think they show it a third time as well. But just, like, just have it have that mystery of, like, where is he? You know, what's going on? And then finally, like, in the, near the end of the movie, or, like, when he finally shows up, mm-hmm. be like, oh, yeah, this is what happened to him. Uh, so just on that, and, like, just some of the stuff with the Aether or the reality stone, whatever mm-hmm. we're calling it. Like, the way they edit it with, like, a giving Natalie Portman visions, it just yeah. didn't play out very well. It, do, you, do you think that at this point they're like, okay, Marvel movie's going to make money no matter what. It's not that big a deal if it's not great. Or do you think it, he thought it was great and then it just wasn't? I think it's one of those where I just don't know if they know what to do with it. Like, they got, yeah. again, I've read a lot of stuff about these when I was, like, really into them in high school. But they got, like, just kind of a yes-man director who kind of would just uh, fill in their plot. was like, hey, we just need a movie of Thor. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we'll make this an Infinity Stone. That's what I was a little suspicious of. And a lot of the movie just, like, it kind of hinges off, like, the romance between Thor and Jane, which just, they don't right. have the chemistry. Yeah. And there's just no development on Thor's side. Like, if you have the first movie, it's mm-hmm. him, you know, learn to be hum- humble. The third movie's about him, you know, learning, you know his true power when not this movie he's just stagnant nothing there's no development he just is mm. kind of a pa- he's just kind of a passerby in his own movie and plus like I think everyone has collectively agreed that the villain in this movie is like one of the worst Marvel villains yeah. he's so like forgettable and yeah it's not that there's plain. anything like bad about him it's just like he's he doesn't just, really bring much to the table he's just so plain looking and like I remember you I see was, I like I the minion their, design like I liked their like Faceless masks, almost. That was it's nice. Yeah, but cool like, design. But I, I remember someone. I was watching a review for this mm-hmm. movie, and they were like, they said, uh, "Did this villain have a line?" And I was thinking about like, did that villain ever talk? And I watched the movie, and he does talk, but like, you wouldn't know if you were just like a casual fan. You were like, right. well, also the problem is like. Half of his dialogue is in, like, some elvish language that we have subtitles for. And, like, there's only a few things he really says in English. And I think also that's one of those cases, like, Loki works really well because he really likes being Loki. Christopher Eccleston, who played that, like, I think he did this movie in, like, another movie called, like, Gone in 60 Seconds. And I think he's sworn off movies because, like, he just hates them. And I think he just had a miserable time making this movie. And you can see that. Yeah. All that makeup. So, I, yeah, again, this is definitely, at this point, the lowest-ranking Marvel movie yeah. in the definitive We're ranking. kicking a dead horse right now. So. Kicking a dead horse. Let's move on. Which, that much said, Captain America Winter Soldier. Woo! Okay, so I see some positive stuff. This was my favorite movie for a long time. Hmm. Like, at all. At all? So, yeah. Oh, but you're... But wait, it's my it, decision. It's Trent's turn. I right? say it's the bottom. Did, That's right. It is. It no way. Yeah, you did. The real Trent. The real Trent. Yes. I don't yeah. know why I took that one. I 
absolutely love this movie. All right. I think it's amazing. I remember seeing it. I saw it in theaters with my dad, and we both had an amazing time. Like, the action's awesome. The story is great. Like, the whole twist with S.H.I.E.L.D. being Hydra the whole time is fantastic. It's well done, and it's, like, very... You're very emotionally invested in what's going on. Because, surprise, surprise, turns out Bucky didn't die in the first one. What? (gasps) He's come back, and he's got... And he's evil, and he has a metal arm. And he doesn't say a word. And he doesn't say a word, yes. But I absolutely love this movie. And there's not much I can say about it that's, like, where I can definitively say, like, oh, that's not very good. This is probably... I'm, like, terrified this is actually coming out of it. No, I think I'm all right. Okay. I've been looking at just the audio coming, and it seems when I talk, it's really loud. And when you guys talk, it's not as loud. I'm terrified this audio is actually coming from the laptop. Turns out it was. I had set up a microphone to record the episode, and I guess I forgot to set it up to actually record. So all the audio that came into this episode went straight to the internal microphones, which surprise it turned out as well as it did, but still I had to edit it quite a bit to make it all sound relatively the same. And yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. We'll we'll take a break and after a few uh, movies to yes. call that part one. I'm going to check on the audio because, man, if I record this whole thing on a laptop, I'm going to feel like an idiot. <laughs> well, well this, this... I was going to say, just before we get to that, let's just finish up with this thing. Yes, please. This is probably very bold of me. May get some differing opinions. I think Winter Soldier is the top of the list so far. Noah's giving me some nods. No complaints here. Such a good movie. And the best um, in credit like design of maybe all of Marvel. Those credits Probably. are so cool. Well, here's the thing. I think like this might be around this movie, but like the end credits, I think actually Thor the Dark World did pretty well. Marvel's done an amazing job with like something no one talks about, like the end credit stuff, as you say, mm-hmm. like not like the scenes, but like when they're showing the names and they have those kind of like little graphics in the yeah. background. I think, yeah, like that's Thor the Dark World, the one good thing going for it, like they had this kind of cool paint effect with it. And I oh, think yeah. from there on, like they've all been really good. Like as you and I are both graphic designers, oh, yeah. that'd be like a dream job to like do one of those and like animate those. And I actually did a sort of a, not really a parody, I guess an homage or reference to those credits as a project in was, school. Was that the office except, one? Yeah, except I did the movie, um, the fictional movie, uh, Threat Level Midnight from The Office. But I did it in <laughs> that style, and it was really fun. Do we have permission to put that on the On The Fly Instagram? Yeah. It's, I, on, it's on my design Instagram, I think, and so you could just like repost it. I think that's something we... I just... Yeah, I, it was I, a great time. I, I love it. showing that to people because it's, you know, pop, Office, I enjoy it, but I don't like love it as much as some other people do. Mm-hmm. But I love to show people your project because like I... Well, thank you. It's really well done, and I'm going to put that on there later. But yeah, Winter Soldier was fantastic. Just I love like the espionage of it, and um, and Captain America and Black Widow's relationship is kind of interesting, as well as I I hate to say it, but I think the Winter Soldier is a much more 
entertaining character than Bucky. It's probably like, fair. Bucky, as a good guy later on, is like, yeah, I preferred he, it when he didn't talk and you only saw half of his face. He kind of becomes a softy. Yeah. Like he was so on. hardcore in the Winter yeah, Soldier. He's, he's freaking throwing people into, like, jet <laughs> propeller engines. Yeah. And, like... Oh, no, the guy fixed his mental health and became well. We're oh disappointed by that. That's, boring. That's, boring. That's boring. That's the only thing he had going for him. Ah. <laughs> 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 great, also, great message from today's yeah. podcast. If you're going to be something, go all the way. Even ah. if it's a villain. <laughs> no. Not really. But I love this movie. And I just found out recently, I, well, I just finished watching Community, and now I'm really excited that uh, I didn't realize Danny Pudi was in it. And it basically is Abed in the, in the scene that he's in. In the so one scene he's in where he yeah. gets, like, po- he put gets, at gunpoint. Yeah, like, no screen time, but it's a fun little bonus. Mm-hmm. All right. Sound check? No, I'm, I say we finish phase two. So that's this. So Guardians of the Galaxy, Age of Ultron, Ant-Man. And then the rest is, we'll do second part. I think the audio is probably fine. We're probably is this me now? way let's, too much. Let's each do a little vocal test and see how far the bar at the bottom goes. We've also got this bar on the actual mic, and it's been going up and down. So yeah, that's been good. going up and down, but like this goes much higher when I speak. Maybe Either just, I'm just obnoxiously loud. Maybe you just talk louder. Is it taking both? We, we'll probably cut this out. No, we'll keep this in. <laughs> this is on the fly, of course. Uh, but any sneak peek into the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's my turn. No, it's... Guys keep... No, you did... You did Winter Soldier. You did Throw the Dark World. Trent did... You just really want to do this one, don't you? What? I do. Oh, Winter you're Soldier. right. You're right. You're right. Go ahead. Here, I thought there was this conspiracy. Like, you want to have the sole decision of where Guardians of the Galaxy goes. I'm also curious if I point this this way. Does that make it quieter? It kind of does. And then it... Wow. Hmm. Uh-oh. You just maxed out on the red. Yeah, that's because I was... Sorry, listeners. You, you knew what you were getting into. The world's most unprofessional podcast that's right as i stated it was in the first episode oh yes it keeps doing this okay guardians of galaxy uh i liked it when it came out i still like it now your lack of enthusiasm is off-putting i don't know if i like it as much as other people do because we'll get this later i like the second one a lot more than some people do oh but that's my first item it's not the first item on my list, but it's the first one that's come up. Guardians 2 is better than Guardians 1. <laughs> one of my Kenny predictions. <laughs> but, yep, that's... I mean, I honestly think the same thing. It's, well, it's where I stand. I think it's a fun movie. And I think my big problem with it is, like, his, like, turning point where it's like he's no longer just this this kind of scoundrel who's like a grave robber. Is like, you know, when he goes out and he kind of sacrifices himself to give Gamora, like, his headpiece to breathe. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's supposed to seem like this big heroic turn, but, like, the first several times I saw him, like, he just wanted some booty. Like, he just... You're not getting any if you're dead. That's a fair motivation, in my opinion. I don't know. It's just little things. I think, overall, it's a lot of fun. It's some good space action. Uh, I'm trying to think where I want to properly put it. I'm going to say, I feel like I keep putting a lot of things here, but right below Iron Man, and I'm, I'm debating if I want it above or below Iron Man 3. I think it's more fun than 3. I'm going to say... If I had to choose between Guardians of the Galaxy and Iron Man 3, I would 100% choose Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, so you're agreeing. I'm agreeing. 
I would I would dispute this placement and bump it up one above Iron Man. Interesting. Is this because you're a big po- space nerd? Possibly above. Uh, well, maybe. Uh, also, the soundtrack is amazing, and um, and I I love Chris Pratt. It's also weird how this is like the first movie in this series with kind of a soundtrack. Yeah. Rather than just like a score. And this is definitely the first one that is full on like funny movie. I like, also, there are other funny movies, but not like this. I also, I love it because I remember first seeing, when I first saw the trailer for this, mm-hmm. and I was like, this movie's going to be awful. We got a movie with a talking raccoon and a tree man, and then you see the movie, and you're just like, this is amazing. Yeah. Are we wanting to put this above Iron Man? Because I might be convinced at this point with this conversation. Because the more I think about it, the more I'm like... It's got that, like... It's it's the first foray into, like, the James Gunn style. Yeah. Who I think... I think James Gunn is a phenomenal guy when it comes to, like, just absolutely weird movies. Yeah. That, like, no one would think would be successful. But... He manages to make it work because he, like, humanizes these characters and, like, just – he just goes off with uh, – he just goes for it. He's a yeah. risk taker yeah. and I do remember embraces the weirdness of his stories. I remember standing in uh, Patriot Park and d- my dad was talking to Brandon Ballard. I don't – have you either – The name? I've heard the name. Brandon Ballard is a huge Marvel guy um, and – he was saying, the next movie is Guardians of the Galaxy. And I was like, what's that? And they said, well, it's a talking tree, a raccoon, a um, space guy, and then a green girl. And, and I can't remember if they mentioned Mantis. She comes in later. But, She's in the uh, second one. But I was like, well, Marvel has already run out of good characters to use. <laughs> this is going to be a trash fire. Man. Um, and boy, was I wrong. It's eight years ago now. All right, I've decided it's above Iron Man. Also, I'm so glad that they, that I, they took Yondu the direction that they did because he's not like that in the comics at all, and he's hilarious. I'm unsure about that. Here's I'm the bad Iron news. Man, I'm unsure is... about being above Iron Man. Iron Man's just got that. Iron Man's a classic. Iron Man is a okay, classic, but, but gonna, Noah point... has kind of Noah's convinced me, and it's at this point two to one. Although mm. I do, again, I'm a big fan of Iron Man. Mm. But the more I think about the Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm like, you know what? It does some good stuff. It like, I don't know, take like the Justice League. It's hard to just introduce a whole, like again, the whole Avengers, if they all got introduced at the same time, mm-hmm. it would be a mess of a movie. This does all that, like, hey, these are these characters, these are the motivations, and it goes with that. I think it does very well. And it's a fun time. As skeptical as I sounded when I first talked about it. <laughs> I've completely changed my tune. Uh... Noah. Yes. I really want this one, but I'm going to give it to you. Oh, Avengers sorry. Age of Ultron. Oh, yeah. Um, Age of Ultron. Well, you're not going to be happy. But I'm aware. I, I did not like this movie very much. Um, I, I'm trying to think why. I, what are some good reasons that I didn't really like it? You have none. <laughs> well, I didn't, really, I didn't really like Ultron as a character. And um, I didn't... Wait a minute. I'm trying to remember if Scarlet Witch wasn't in this one. She, she was. was. This was her introduction. Oh yeah. It Which was... one was she in an end scene? She was Civil, in an end scene uh, in uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't really a fan of her that much. Um, and 
it was just like, I don't know. It, it just wasn't as fun as the original. And I had, I was very hung up on, um, like, how many times Ultron, like, sort of took on kind of like a biblical sort of thing. Like, he made a lot of biblical references that were, like, so not you could see that Correct. as you could see that as his arrogance though is like he sees himself as that's god true, as true. if he is you know he's above the human race and he's what should take over yeah but you could also see it as criticism of christianity as this is if you really read this correctly this is a villainous thing but i don't know if that was intended at all i guess he is a villain so i, saw, I read like the direct if you're going down that route i read an interesting article like at the time has someone kind of like compares it to like Ultron like embodies like that kind of viewpoint of like a Old Testament God and Jarvis comes in as more like New Testament and more like more actually saviorist instead of like you know malevolent like he at one point says like I don't know what I am I just I'm not good I'm not bad I just am and like I don't know I mean maybe that's I'm not sure if that's intentional or what's going on there? I mean, I have serious problems with the worldview, or not worldview, but the theology of, of that. But oh yeah, it's not that kind of podcast. It's not. That's not what the movie should be about. Yeah, and but um, if regardless, it was just like I don't know. I just didn't love it. They, I didn't get excited about when it. When was the last I time think, you watched? It, I want to ask as well, because I had some another friend who I had that it with you. Really? At theater? Huh? No, at, no, no, no. Yes. Yeah. You didn't know me at this time. Oh, no, no, no. Not in theaters. In At Samford, in that, like, theater room that had the big screen, and it was just me and you sitting. Did we? Yeah. Huh. Because you were, like, you were talking about how much you loved it, and afterwards I was like, okay, maybe it's not as terrible as I thought. If I had to say what I think, I think it's okay. Yeah. I think it's, I don't think it's bad by any means, but to me... It's like, it took everything good about the first one. It has everything good about the first one. Like, all the pieces are there. But it just doesn't manage to reach, like, any interesting heights with it. You see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to counterpoint that. Lot, where I, 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 I think the villain is okay. I think the introductions of the, char- the new characters are okay. Mm-hmm. If... The biggest problem with it is that it tries to do too much, and then in doing so, doesn't really have a lot of time to do anything particularly yeah. interesting. That I don't think it's one of my favorite Iron Man suits, though. It's a nice That's Iron Man suit, but at the end of the day, I know we're not gonna like if we're not gonna get to like official ranking until later. Me personally, I would put this. Probably between Iron Man two and Captain America. Yeah. If I'm thinking about like, I was, I was thinking would... above or below Captain America. I am gonna make a counterpoint here, in that what you've said is like how it kind of does everything the first one does, but not quite that like to that level. I'm gonna say again as my you know critique of Avengers, like it feels like it's nothing but a proof of concept. I feel like this is taking that proof of concept and actually making it into something more. And, like, even going, like, on my whole rant on the cinematography of the first one, like, this one looks like it's, you know, actually a big budget movie than a TV movie. See, and, like, like, like that's, first of all, that's 
I'm still, I'm still going. Go like, ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm getting ramped up here. Like, I, I'm, I'm gonna fight for this movie. List of like, <laughs> really? Anywho, <laughs> uh, like, I don't know. Just, I feel like personally, this is my favorite Avengers movie because, like, it's got a good number of characters. Like the first one, you know, again, like I keep saying, that was like a proof of concept. Like, okay, this can work having all those characters. Mm-hmm. And this one takes all those core characters and like adds a few. And like every character gets a bit of screen time. Their characters, you know, get advanced and, you know, like, their, you know, personal journeys and, you know, they develop. But, like, you know, the first one, there's not as many characters slash development. And, you know, Infinity War, like, Infinity War, there's, like, way too many characters where no one really gets any development except for Thanos. But that's the point of the movie. And Endgame is just kind of like a recollection of, like, all right, let's run down the memory lane of the MCU Mm -hmm. and, like, give closure to some of these characters. I feel like this one does the best and I... There's some good action scenes. The characters, you know, get to devolve. Not devolve. Evolve. Hmm. You know, well, so, and I actually, I like Ultron for me. I thought at the time he was one of the better villains. Because, like, most of the villains, they're at that point were one-dimensional. You know, like, oh, I just want power. I just want, you know, money or fame or whatnot. Or this one, like, I don't know. There's one scene where, like, you know, for most of the movie, he works with Wanda and Pietro, a.k.a. You know, yeah. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. And, like, they're kind of his only friends. And, like, at one point they turn on him. And, like, I don't know, he just had this moment where he's like, please don't do this. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He just felt like, to me, like, as a robot, he felt like the most human villain we had at that point. Just, like, you know, at the end it wasn't really, like, impersonal. Like, he made it very personal. Like, you know what? I had this plan. I'm just going to kill everyone now because, like, I've been hurt. And, uh-huh. I don't know, I just felt like he was more human than other villains. And I felt like... I don't know, even like that last scene he has with Vision, or it's just like that last robot talking with Vision. That was that was kind of cool. That like, yeah, a that's scene. a good scene. And I feel like there's a lot of that in the movie that a lot of people overlook. And again, like I said, my favorite Avengers movie, I'll fight for it to the death. Hmm. You place it where you think I'm going to obviously disagree. I think it was, I'm surprised that you said like cinematography-wise that, that you liked it that much more. Because every time I think back on it, it just... I just remember being like really dingy. That's the like well. Here's the brown. thing. That's like, like that's where the MCU got like at that point where like a lot of their stuff was kind of dingy and yeah. Like we're finally like the, to a point where they're starting to make it more colorful. Yeah, I felt like the color schemes in this movie. I don't know. It just feels like it feels like there's this weird like filter on the camera mm-hmm. when this movie's playing. Yeah. Like I don't know. And I also I was really excited about the idea. I think the idea of Vision as a character is really cool, but every time I go, and like even in my mind, MCU Vision is so cool, but every time I go back to this movie, I just, I want to like him so much, and I just don't really. Well, you don't don't really get any screen time with him. He like barely has, this is just his introduction. I think think his aloofness is a little (laughs) putting at times, but he ends up being more interesting. Um, And also for me, just, I think, I also write a lot of nostalgia because this was the best like movie ex- theater experience in that I remember I saw a trailer for this movie and that's when like all this kind of clicked for me where I'm like this is big mm-hmm. this is gonna be okay. like I don't know I had a lot of oh my gosh the trailer for this movie was actually it was fire so if good if anything the trailers were what kind of ruined because they did so much marketing like they over marketed to where I saw the movie and like I saw I was like okay that's the trailer that's the trailer and yeah. actually the first time I saw it I was like kind of mad in the movie but like mm-hmm. watching it again and like kind of diving into it and seeing all the stuff it does i'm like okay this is again like i said my personal favorite avengers mm-hmm. avengers film 
Okay, well... Um, and that theater was packed, man. We had so much fun. So, I guess at this point, we've missed two of my items that I thought we were going to talk about, and I kind of wanted you to talk about. I probably uh, would have, but I just wanted to be a little more... Succinct? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Okay, well, one of them you got close to. One, I thought you were going to say that um, that Ultron was perfectly cast. Mm, um, he's got a good voice. I... I've I, never I, thought maybe, that. Maybe personally. I heard somebody else say that. I honestly do think that was pretty good casting. Yeah. Um, um, but then the other one was. I think James um, Spader is intimidating when he's not making like weird jokes. Yeah. Um, the other one was that the visions touch on each of the characters' like main driving sort of like character traits or their character arcs. I feel like we had a conversation about this one time where you explained. The significance of each of their visions. So yeah, another reason I really liked this movie was I read a interview. Not I read like an article a while back that like talks about like kind of when the driving force of the movie is you know like Ultron, you know his whole thing is like oh humanity is 420 blaze it. Uh, humanity's you know flawed. It's currently 420. That's why he suddenly said 420. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We didn't just roll out blunts. Um, but yeah, like it, this is article I read that talks about like. You know, at each point in the movie, there's each character, you know, is kind of faced with this idea that, hey, they are, they're not a hero. They're like a force of uncontrollable nature or a monster, as it said, you know, Mm -hmm. Hulk, obviously he's, you know, uh, he's literally a monster. That's his whole thing. Black Widow, someone who was trained to do nothing but be an assassin. Iron Man has, you know, created this threat and like his hubris has led to this whole thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Captain America, as Ultron states, like, can't live without a war, which, you know, like, he, until, like, you know, the end of Endgame, like, that's all he has done is he fought for nothing to be fighting in World War II as a kid, and now he's, you know, fought in the Avengers, did the whole Winter Soldier thing, like, he solely exists to fight. And I forget, and Thor, like, in his little vision, he sees himself, you know, like, you know, blasting people away with his lightning, which mm-hmm. kind of gets touched on Thor Ragnarok. And so, you know, just as, like, everyone, you know, Ultron is, in a sense, kind of right. You know, they all are, you know, on their own. If they don't have moral compasses, they are, they're not what's right with the world. And, you know, like, Hawkeye kind of is, like, the meaty little center. He's, like, you know, he's the human element. That, like, him looking over at, with his wife on the farm, like, he doesn't have to do this. He chooses to do this. I don't know. I forget what the gist of the article was, but just that was that was a lot of it. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. I think it's just got the best thematic stuff going in an Avengers film, where the rest are just like you know beefy action movies. Where this mm-hmm. one, I feel like, actually had you know heart and a story. And I mean, they all have stories, but yeah, okay. I think I just I fight for this movie. I'll yeah. That's a you make some good arguments. Thank you. Um, I am willing to bump up Avengers. Yes. And Age of Ultron. To above Iron Man, no, above Captain America, maybe above Iron Man three. I wouldn't go that far. In my in my personal, here's opinion. the thing: if you guys are both saying that, I'm gonna say I find, I, I'm I, sure the, you will. The, I I'd fight for it above Iron Man three, but if you're gonna say that, I'm gonna say keep it there. Keep it up below if, Iron if, Man three. If Trent's saying bump it down, I want to say bump it up. So keep it where you said. Okay. That's, the way I'm kind of working here is uh, at what point, like, in this list, where would I put the line of 
movies that I would prefer to watch over this one or movies that I would prefer to, like, not mm. prefer to watch mm. over that one. Yeah. Are you taking into account how many times you've seen them? No. I mean, okay, good. I've seen good. Incredible Hulk. Because there's some times. that I wouldn't watch again just because I've watched them so many times, but... No. It's I all about, like, enjoy them more than preference. Yeah, yeah. I would prefer Iron Man 3 over Age of Ultron. I would also You prefer... already got Iron Man 3 above Age of Ultron. I'm... That's because we. Were I would also. I was gonna say something, and then you interrupted me. I'm gonna do it again. And uh, but I would also prefer Captain America over Age of Ultron. But if we're going with the democratic institution here, you see, I wanted above I Iron Man three, so I think that. we've got a pretty good. It's, it's a good compromise. Good compromise, yes. Yeah. I wanted the top right. of the list, but How whatever. Many, yeah, that, I figured. <laughs> um, which I, I respect your opinion. No, you don't. Even if it's wrong. Um, <laughs> how how many more do we have in phase two? We have just one, Ant-Man. Ooh. Trent, let's do this one, and then that'll be the end of part one of this already hour and 24. Here we go. Oh, wow. Long this is episode. really good. I love Ant-Man. Okay. I think it's a very charming uh, small-scale movie. It's a nice... Appropriate. It's a nice palate cleanser after all like the world-ending events that we've dealt with in... Like, several movies before i think the characters are very charming i think it's hilarious and i think the action is fun and kind of the way they explain all the this the logic of it is pretty cool um i'm honestly I, it's one of the better ones in my opinion it i definitely thought it was better than age of ultron oh my gosh <laughs> sheeple if I had to choose where I would put it on the list, I would say between Iron Man and Iron Man 3. I think it's just a really funny, charming movie with a bunch of great characters and storytelling. And it's got, like, he didn't end up being, like, the official director with his name on it, but Edgar Wright, who... I didn't expect that to come from you, but... Yeah. That's one <laughs> I, of my I, I definitely would have mentioned it, so okay. you can write, you can knock that one off. But Edgar Wright, like, was the original director for this, and he directed, you know, like, Shaun of the Dead and Baby Driver, which... And, like, all sorts of great movies, like Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And, mm-hmm. uh, so he has, like, a very distinct style that I think makes for really fun storytelling and really fun movies, and that definitely shows here. And I would... I, 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 I do kind of, there's that feeling of like kind of regret where it's like, oh, what could have been if he ended up like staying as the director? Like That I think is my like, biggest detriment to the movie is like I keep, like just if you ever watch an Edgar Wright movie, he's a master of just like transitions and just really quick and witty humor. But correct me if I'm wrong, if he had done Ant-Man, we wouldn't have had Baby Driver. This is also true. So... so. It's, uh, you, you really can't, want to live in that universe? You can't eat your cake and have it, too. So, that's a reference to one of our pastor's sermons. Yes, that's how the phrase should be used. It makes so much more sense. All right. Uh, um, I don't think I have any quarrels. I mean, I would push it over Iron Man. I really enjoy this movie a lot. But, um, if you both want to keep it where it is, I'm fine with that. I was very pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah. Though I, and, have, and I have a blast with movies that I'm ple- pleasantly surprised <laughs> by. Um, you know, like I go and think. I went in thinking like, okay, this is gonna be like an all right movie, like nice like time killer. Yeah. And then I watched it. I was like, I had a blast watching this. This is. <laughs> really Let me tell fun. you a story that represents probably most of America. 
Most in America. Or any, or most, um, uh, like, kind of normal moviegoers. Um, A friend of ours, I'm not saying he's... Are you going to name a friend? I'm not saying he's, uh, like, standard in that. That could have been misread. But anyway, a friend of ours, um, A.J. Wolmski, refused to watch this movie for a long time because he said, the concept of Ant-Man is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Why would I watch a movie about a superhero who turns into an ant? That's not a superpower. That is a weakness. And... (laughs) (laughs) Eventually, eventually he broke down and watched it and did a complete 180. He said, that was fantastic. Marvel has proven they can take any character and make it interesting. This is a great movie. And which is a lot how I feel about it. That is not a power. That is a weakness. (laughs) That is a weakness. (laughs) Oh boy! I'm paraphrasing, but that was the the gist of it. I think what makes it work is like they they joke about it. Mm-hmm. Like there are scenes where he's like, "I'm Ant Man," and they're like, "Ant Man?" Yeah. <laughs> like they know it's ridiculous. Like that's another thing I love that some movies do that I absolutely love is when they know how ridiculous they are and they just roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this isn't Marvel, but it's like. Um, like the the Suicide Squad movie that James Gunn made, I loved that movie, and it totally embraces its ridiculousness. Yeah. Like it's get it's confident, you know. Hmm. Everyone yeah. loves confidence, and when that shows in movies like that, just really makes me like them more. Yeah, and I really like um, Ant Man has a really fun. We won't really get into this as much until Civil War, but he has a really fun and unique space that he fills in the Avengers roster. Mm. It's like Spider-Man is a little bit starstruck with the rest of the heroes, but he also has, I don't know, somehow he's distinct from from Ant-Man's just like, Mm -hmm. when he meets um, like Captain America, like he's so starstruck. (laughs) And he's just always kind of like, almost feels like our guy in their team. Like, he's the one who's going to say stuff that we would say. Like, huh. like what is... I, I do not understand what you're talking about. Like, how are we actually going to do this? I meant, like I meant to mention this as well when we were talking about Winter Soldier. But I think... And where the MCU probably should go is along the lines of, like, those two films. Where, like, Captain America Winter Soldier is more, you know, an espionage kind of spy thriller. Mm-hmm. This, as uh, when, like, it was coming out, this was mentioned, it would be more of a heist film. And, like, I think that's where, like, the MCU should be going, where it's not just like, all right, here's a big action blockbuster superheroes. This is a heist movie that just happens to have superheroes. Like, the first Captain America, it's a World War II film with superheroes. And, like, because if we just get nothing but good versus evil with this different color coat of paint on it, you know, it's all going to get boring and it's going to get stagnant. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a nice change of pace where it's like, all right, they're doing a heist and they're happening to use his ability turn turn into an ant, yeah. which is not a weakness. It actually was not a weakness, which was <laughs> it's pretty cool how they a surprise came AJ up Wolfsky. with like the rules of that power to make it be something useful. Alright, so we're an hour thirty minutes into this. This is part one. Uh Noah, do you want to read us off from worst to best where we stand? Gladly. Alright. Sitting at the very rock bottom of the MCU roster so far, we have Thor the Dark Thor. Up next, Incredible Hulk, followed by Thor the First Thor, Iron Man 2, Captain America, the First Avenger, Avengers Age of Ultron, 
Iron Man 3, Ant-Man, Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers, and finally, Captain America, Winter Soldier, the best movie that we've talked about so far. Hmm. And then we'll talk about its sequel in a minute when I get back. Well, whenever you, I guess, decide to watch the next episode, watch it. I'm having hmm. troubles. You just watch. You just the watch. Little indicator slowly go across the screen. <laughs> you put it on mute, talking. and you yeah, you just watch it go. Uh, but yeah, that'll be part one. I'm gonna make sure this mic is actually properly doing its thing because I'm almost certainly convinced that this has just been picking up most of. I mean, it's been picking up everyone's audio. I just want to make sure it's coming off of After, coming off of this mic. That does, yeah, that's not really convincing that this. I'm like whispering into the mic and it's not getting as loud as the other mm, stuff. Suspicious. That's a bad sign. But anywho. Maybe we'll, we'll sound much it. better when we come back. Gosh, I'm hoping. It's not a good. <laughs>